On today's episode of the Too Legit Show, with your host, Alex Fernandez. Oh, what a beautiful day it was. Now, this episode, I recorded with my guy, Sebi, Sebi Podcast. It may be a little dated, but the content is great. We talk college football. We talk Carmelo Anthony, who is about t- 10 minutes away from putting up 50 shots against the Pelicans tonight. And uh, I'm I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. We talk about all kinds of sports, the Astros, the Logan, Logan Paul KSI. And all that fun stuff. We have an interview with Golden Boy fighter Victor Morales. He's fighting Saturday night. It'll be dropping on Thursday. And what else I can say? Great meetings with the family on the weekend and uh, fun festivities. Played some basketball at the Mamba Academy. Had to make sure my deep squat was ready to go because, you know, I'm the chase down artist. And uh, other than that, I've just been enjoying the swing of things. It was a great weekend of football. Every game was great. Lamar Jackson's a gangster. That's what he does. The Clippers with PG-13, he's looking pretty good right now with the double shoulders. They're coming all back. But in my opinion, Lakers are the best team in the world right now on the planet. They're winning it all, still in my opinion. But folks, let's talk to Sebi. Let's get it in. And on Thursday, got another big boy podcast with Victor Morales. Let's drop the beat and let's get into the show. Sammy, we got to talk about Carmelo Anthony. My, My man, man Mello. Mello is back. Mello is bad with fellow. The por- huh? I said Mello the bad fellow. Carmelo Anthony, one of my favorite players of all time, man. I, I became a huge fan of him when he was at Syracuse. It was, the t- you know, it, was, it was between him and LeBron for me. I loved Mello, big Mello guy. Absolute stud. Phenomenal scorer in his prime. He could probably still get you 20 points in this in this style of basketball this today in today's game. And he finally got signed to the Portland Trailblazers, Sebby. There was a lot of suitors. I would have liked to see him on the Lakers. Maybe if the Warriors were a little healthier. But the Blazers have always made sense for Melo. They've always they tried to trade for him before. They've always tried to have him there up in the PNW, the Pacific Northwest, where they're kind of struggling a little bit. They're very weak at power forward in the with Nurkic out, Collins is hurt. No Mo Harkless, no Aminu, uh, Evan, no Evan Turner. It's uh, it's interesting to see they got the guards. They got Lillard, McCollum, and then Anthony Simons is really showing out this year. But they really need help up front. I'm out on Whiteside, Sebi. I'm sorry, Whiteside is not the answer. I'm not. That is essentially he is just a trade chip in my opinion. Don't get mad at me, Hassan Whiteside. You're always welcome on the show, but I really feel like you're going to Cleveland. Uh, for Kevin Love, if they bought him out, uh, Cleveland is very well coached right now. We could talk to them a little later, but the Cavs can sneak in in the East. Uh, but back to Portland, Melo gives him some some depth. That he can post up down low. He can score at all three levels. I love this move, Sebi. He gets some shots up, and why not? And he's got Houston on Monday. He's going back to Houston on Monday with the Blazers. I hope Melo shows out, drops a drops a thirty piece in Houston, especially against that defense. Yeah, I, I would agree. And we know defense in Houston is non-existent. So they don't believe in that <laughs> under Dan Tony. But I, I like this. I, I like this fit. Um, obviously, you've got the great guard play in, in, in CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Um, those are already bucket getters. And then you add Carmelo Anthony. And I agree with you, Alex. He can still get you 20 in his sleep. I mean, this is a guy that has a whole array, a whole arsenal of moves i mean he can get anywhere in the in the basketball court 
he could shoot at any given time and he has unlimited range. So um, he gives them an added score that they didn't have because Amina was always a great defender, but he wasn't the score that Melo is. And so um, obviously he can play in the low post, so he can give you some uh, low post presence inside in the paint. And I, I like this. I'm now... It, this isn't the same mellow that could give you 30 minutes, so that's going to be interesting to see how Terry Scott uses him. But um, I like this for Portland, and this is a team in Portland that's trying to climb back in a wild, wild Western Conference. Yeah, a lot of people thought they were going to be they're going to take a step back this year, and from what we've seen right now, they are now to give them, to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're not completely healthy, and but right. in this Western Conference, Sebi, as you know, if you go down with injuries, you can go from for the fourth seed to the ninth seed. Really quick, every team is is fun to watch now this year. That's what I like about these duos and the Durant. Go, the, 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 every team is fun to watch. Phoenix, yeah, even the, even we the Phoenix, Phoenix we thought Phoenix was going to be bad. They're they're incredibly coached. They, Devin Booker finally has a point guard that can figure it out. They run these guard pick and rolls. It's beautiful. Memphis with John Morant is very watchable. The Hornets, probably the least watchable team in the league, but they got PJ Washington. Devontae Graham is fun to watch. Right. It's, yeah. it's, the Knicks are the only one that's a, an atrocity. And, you know, what? we can really transition to the Knicks right now because uh, Christoph Porzingis came into town last night. Sorry. He went back to the Garden. They booed the shit out of him, and the Knicks somehow won. They somehow pulled this off. The Knicks have three wins this year, Sebi. Three. Two of them are against the Mavericks. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they that's just really match up really well. Maybe the 14 power fours the Knicks, ha- Knicks have on their roster – Matches up incredible with Porzingis. I don't know, but they got three wins. The Knicks are a mess. They're going to fire David Fisdale. Uh, but what he, the roster is terribly built. I don't know. Uh, James Dolan, I don't know what's going on with him. And this is why the boys went to Brooklyn and not to Madison Square Garden. Poor New York Knicks. Can December 15th come quick enough so they can unload Julius Randle? They can unload uh, – is Courtney Lee still on that team? No, he went to Dallas, I think. They can unload uh, uh, Bobby Portis. And they can unload all these guys that can help contenders. And maybe they can take on salary. They can take on players. They can take on picks, a la Chris Paul. Something like, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Oklahoma City would give the Knicks a pick or two to take Chris Paul off of their their cap space. So that's my spiel on the Knicks. They're awful. I don't know who wants to coach them. They're the Washington Redskins of the NBA. It's uh, it's (laughs) Donald Sterling is no longer here, folks. So it's it's right back on James. Dolan. Yeah, I would agree with you. I've said this before. The Knicks are the most unstable franchise that I have ever seen. I mean, worse than the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, worse than the the Redskins. I mean, the list goes on, and they just have bad ownership. And Fitzgerald wasn't even the problem. It, it was Dolan. And this is my argument in defending Fitzgerald. Okay, so you're going to fire him after a year and a half, but over 18 months, but you haven't given him any talent around him for him to to coach. So, I mean, come on now. Like, this is the mecca of basketball. This is New York City. This is Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. And you're telling me in an offseason, the best guys you can get is uh, a Dennis Smith Jr., although that was a trade. Um, but you're talking about guys like Julius Randle, Bobby Portis in New York City. It's 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 unbelievable. I think they're a dumpster fire. They're a mess right now. They're a debacle, Alex. I, I think that they should just build around R.J. Barrett, who's been a bright side for them thus far, and guys like young talent like Kevin Knox. 
Um, and, 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 you know, they did what they needed to get done. Marcus Morris had a big game last night, step back three. And R.J. Barrett, you know, he, uh, he lived up to his uh, promise. He said that he wanted to duck on KP, although that didn't happen. <laughs> and, but they got the W at the end of the day. And Porzingis and Doncic, look, I think Doncic, he's an animal. He may he's already be a top 10 player in the NBA. It, it, Talent-wise, I believe so. Yeah. He's a, at 20. Dude's a freak. Now, if we look at the numbers, they're not as good with Porzingis as they are without him. So who knows if they trade Porzingis or they try to flip him for something or they flip Dennis Smith, Ju- I mean, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. But I'm not. Dallas is up for some, cra- some crazy trades, and they won't let you know when it's happening. So maybe Porzingis to Miami. It would not, that would not surprise me at all, Sebi. And they get Goran Dragic back, his homie. So little, th- right. little things like that. I'm all about the, the crazy trades, like, we were, uh, we're uh, well. Speak. We'll get. To, remind me to talk about the Celtics and Kyrie after. But one of the teams that hasn't really blown blown my socks off is the Sixers. Like they started out undefeated and they're kind of okay. And beat had the suspension now, the knee issue, and now Simmons is kind of hurt with the shoulder. I don't really know if this team is gonna go to the finals. I had them to. Win. I thought they were gonna go to the finals. They're my pick to go to the finals out of the East. I thought they were gonna be unstoppable with them beating Horford up in there, you know, protecting the rim and doing the thing. And I thought Simmons would take a step forward. Richardson would be a like a diet Jimmy Butler, but that's just not – that just hasn't been happening right now. Yeah, and, and the whole load management thing that's actually going on for the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, that same applies to Joel Embiid. Right. Uh, this is a guy, Joel Embiid, Alex, that I think if healthy and if he got his diet right, he could legitimately dominate the league. We're talking 27 and maybe 16. Oh. He's a top five player when he's in shape. But the problem is it's it's always something with Embiid. It's the back. It's the knee. It's the ankles. It's the shoulder. So that's already been an issue. And then the whole hype and notion that, oh, Ben Simmons got a three-point shot. Forget it. Please. Give me a break. We got hyped this up, guy, man. Who, who, what was more hyped up, the Hoodie Texas. Mellow videos or the Ben Simmons three-pointer videos? The, the Ben Simmons three-point videos. Oh, he's got a three-point shot now. Yeah, I told him I wanted to see that with a defender in front of him. He hasn't even attempted a couple this season. So you got that there. But this is my problem with the Sixers, Alex. And I want you to pay attention to this moving on forward is um, I thought the loss of Jimmy Butler was huge for them because what Jimmy Butler did for them is in fourth quarter, they had a perimeter player yeah. to just give the keys and give the hands to That's and it. get a bucket, right? I'm not sure as great as Tobias, if, uh, uh, Tobias Harris is. He's a great complimentary player. Uh, Josh Richardson is a great two-way player, especially defensively. But they don't have a guy that they can just hand the ball and say, fourth quarter outside of Joel Embiid in the perimeter, can you get us a basket? Can you get us a three-point shot? I know they don't want Embiid always at the three-point line. They really want him in the block. And obviously, Embiid, uh, uh, you know, Simmons can't shoot yet. So... Who is that guy for the Sixers? And that's my problem with them. Because in the, today's game, where premium, it, where shooting is a premium, especially three-point shooting, you need a guy that can get you a bucket late. And Jimmy Butler was that guy for them, and he lost them. So that's my only concern for Philly, and I want you to keep an eye out for that. I agree with you. I think people forgot how good Jimmy Butler is. And speaking of an under-the-radar team, Miami, oh, my God. Boy, Absolutely. are they well-coached, yeah. well-conditioned. And just tough, tough out every night. But people forgot how good Jimmy Butler is. And you're right, Sebby. He was the fourth quarter guy. He would close the show. He'd help put it out. But now that guy isn't there. 
And Tobias Harris is getting paid like a guy who can do that. We, we but can make an argument that uh, they were just, you know, a, a couple baskets away from beating Toronto in that game seven. So they essentially were. The yeah, they were. They were basically a bounce away from. Uh, yeah, you're very, you're very right. They would have. They were really good on paper last year. They're good on paper this year. Uh, I got a trade for you, Sebi. I think this solves everybody's problems. The Sixers trade Tobias Harris. To Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City sends Chris Paul over. So what would you do with Ben Simmons now? Do you slide him at the three or two? It gives you two guys who can bring the ball up the court, but it gives you a guy in a pick and roll situation that can burn you. It gives you so much more options. An Embiid, Chris Paul pick and roll, no matter how long it lasts before they start yelling at each other, is going to be deadly. Yeah, they can would. even do pick and, and rolls with Ben Simmons guy. or Horford in the game. Yep, that's right. They can drop yeah. it down low to Ben. They can just have yeah. him run it up the court. It's it just gives you a different dynamic. It's it's kind of like what Houston was two years ago. You know, it's it just that dynamic is pretty cool. Chris Paul can just you know dribble it out for eighteen seconds, or you know right. he can spot up or, or he can or, run a pick and Alex, roll. Better yet, a guy like Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson is from the Oklahoma City area, and, and what a great way for him to come back home. Yeah, but the salaries have to match. Right. So that's the only issue. I mean, Richardson's a nice piece, but they got him for a good they got him for a good price out of Miami in that trade. Right. So it's right. They Tob- Tobias is getting paid a lot of money. So I mean you gotta find somebody who's getting, you know, that that kind of money. But that's my opinion. Celtics, Sebby, holy moly. Eight and one. No the no ball stoppers. Rogier out. Kyrie out. Ball's flowing. Now Hayward can't catch a break, no pun intended. Uh, he's going to be out for a little bit, man, because he looked like an all-star in the beginning of this year. Well, I was going to say is they're my Celtics. They're not the Boston Celtics, Alex. The Sebi Celtics. Celtics. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yes, um, and and I've been waiting for this, Alex, because I told everybody, you know, that we were coming. We were coming. I thought that the Celtics team could revert to the 2017 version that we saw when Kyrie was out and Hayward was out. But man, I mean, if somebody told me we would start the season nine and one, uh, you know, we'd, we'd be the the best efficient team in the NBA as in offense and net rating, I'd look at you crazy. I'd be like, "What? You serious?" It's like, yeah. But I mean, the defense is there. Um, Gordon Hayward, he can't catch a break, man. But the first couple games that he played, Alex, didn't he remind you of that vintage Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward? Yeah. I mean, he was getting his legs back. He had the explosiveness. He, he had the removed. spring. Right. He was a year removed from that nasty injury that he suffered. And so now, you know, you look at a team like Boston, who I think is the best perimeter shooting team in the Eastern Conference. So uh, that's the difference between them and Philly. Um, obviously, Milwaukee's still there. But um, this is a team, Alex, that, you know, we got to pay attention to because they've got those great wings. Brown, Tatum, and Hayward, when he comes back after six weeks, and then you have a, gro- a closer, one of the game's greatest closers in Kimball Walker. So they already have the perimeter shooting. And here's a trade that I have for you, Alex. Uh-oh. If I'm Oklahoma City. I already know. You took it out of my mouth. I'm I'm calling Mr. Steven Adams. Yep. You fucking took it. I take right out of my mouth, Savvy. That's the only, that's <laughs> the trade to make because they're not going to move Capella. So you might as well go with Steven Adams, man. That's the trade. Yeah, if they're That's they're the one trade. one big away. I, I think I believe Boston is a front court player away. 
that yep. can rim protect and One get you a couple away. points That's inside. It. Yep. From being a contender in the Eastern yep. Conference and maybe challenging one of these big boys in the Western Conference. Yeah, you 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 took it right out of my head right there. They need they're just one big away. Marcus Smart is their best big defender. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but right now he's their best defender defending big. He's a dog. Like, like he can he push Porzingis dog, out of the key. Like he just don't give a he, shit. He he's is a dog. He's, or Aldridge. What did you like? Wouldn't you like a fight between Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart? I want those, those guys dogs. on the same team. This is why, yeah. Sabby, last year, I don't know if you're on the show with me or if you listen, last year I wanted the, the Sixers to get Patrick Beverly and that Tobias Harris trade. They would have, I thought yeah. that would, imagine Jimmy Butler and, and Patrick Beverly and Joel Embiid on the same team. But back to that, Marcus Smart and Patrick Beverly, that'd be amazing. I would love, imagine that was the NBA Finals. It'd be a dogfight. It'd be a dogfight, right. But, yeah, the Celtics are there. They're a player away. No ball stoppers, though. I mean, look at the Nets right now. The Nets are all about free-flowing and passing last year, trusting your man, and they just can't They just can't hold leads right now. And, and I think Brad Stevens can go back to coaching, Alex. That's a huge thing, too. Oh, yeah. There's no more. There's no outside distraction. He can just focus on what he's doing. Right, And, you right. know, Tatum is due uh, an extension after this year, too, I believe. So. Yep, and they just extended Jalen Brown early, so – the future is bright for the green and gold, for sure. Yes, unfortunately, it is. You still got a ton. Of, you still got picks, though. You still got some crazy picks. Yeah, the Memphis picks. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> but here's the Memphis. The Memphis pick is what? It's top six protected, right? Right. So here's the thing. This may end up being like the Sacramento pick for you. Because Memphis is going to be really bad this year, right? But next year, they may be pretty good. Right. So you made that, that pick may not be super sweet, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Oklahoma's got it, all the it, sweet picks. It could picks. be used in some trade packages, maybe in, in the deadline or maybe a, a future start in the offseason. So we'll see what, how they use it. I know. It's all bright in Boston right now. It's all, it's all bright in Boston. Miami's good. Um Milwaukee, Milwaukee's good, but I think Middleton just got hurt, so it should be an interesting run for the Greek freak coming up. Right. He's been on the tear as well, Alex. Him and James Harden. I know. James Harden's shooting percentage isn't great, but his volume is just out of control, and he's just like, right. blue, 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 blue. and then LeBron's leading the league in assists. Yeah, that's right. The purple and gold. Excellent. I got to talk <laughs> some purple and gold real quick, Sebby. Let's go down south. Let's talk a little SEC college football where the college committee wants to get four SEC teams in the college football playoff. But before we get to that, LSU went into Bryant-Denny Stadium. I have friends who went to LSU and I have friends who went to Alabama. So this is uh, this was a pretty interesting Saturday afternoon uh, in the text messages. But LSU got the W after, man, I was sweating it out. I picked LSU to win this. You picked LSU to win this outright. We would have gotten plus 180, so put 100 down. Would have got $180 on top of that. So uh, good picks by both of us. LSU almost let it get away, but they didn't. And they dominated the first half, and they did just enough to win it in the second half. And I don't know if this proves that LSU is better than Alabama. If you put them on a neutral site, I'm sure it's an even game. But LSU is the number one team in the country, Sebi. They have beaten four top ten teams when they faced them. Is, Is Texas that good? I don't know, but when they faced Texas... They were ranked 
really, really high. They I believe they beat Georgia already, right? If not, they no, they beat Auburn or Florida. They beat all. They beat. They beat. They beat up a whole bunch of dudes. They beat SEC. Auburn, Florida, Texas, and now Alabama. Alabama, yeah. and they'll have to play Georgia in the title in the in the title game in the championship game. Right. Unless yeah. some way somehow Ole Miss and Arkansas beat LSU in the next couple weeks. Other than that, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, with this whole thing. Sebi, you're more into the college football. You're in the SEC area code. You're in the area. You're in the vicinity of the SEC, much closer than me. I'm in the Pac-12 where one loss Oregon will probably get left out because uh, even though they beat Auburn for three and a half quarters, uh, Auburn won the last half of the fourth quarter and won the game. So that's pretty much keeping up, keeping a Pac-12 team out of the college football playoff. We got uh, I, I don't know. What do you think about this? You got you got uh, LSU at number one. You got Ohio State at number two. I'm good with it. Ohio State, I think is mate. Ohio State probably beats LSU on a neutral field right now. They're they're so complete. Number three is Clemson, and number four, I guess it's got to be Alabama, right? Or uh, they put Georgia. They put Georgia. Right. I don't, I don't think Georgia's better than Alabama. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree with you. I don't think Georgia is better than Alabama as well. Um, I just think that what the committee saw, Alex, is that obviously Georgia lost at home. They, it was a really bad loss. In South, South Carolina. Carolina. But what they did is that they saw that they beat a top 10 team in Notre Dame, right, at, at home. It was close. And then what they said is, okay, you beat that team, but you lost to South Carolina. But you beat a very good Florida team in your rivalry game. And so I think those two top ten wins overlap that bad loss. And that's how Georgia got into the top four. So the committee is basically saying that the body of work and the strength of schedule that Georgia has had outweighs their bad loss and outweighs what Alabama has faced in their weak schedule. So um, it's going to be interesting moving on forward because um, now this opens the door for teams like uh, Oregon now. Teams like, uh, you know, because they got to pay Utah potentially in the Pac-12. Maybe LSU to run the table. Yeah. If if Georgia beats LSU, it's it's all all chaos. Right. But here's, here's the common denominator here, Alex. Everything to me relies on Auburn because this week Auburn plays at home. They host number four Georgia. If they beat that, then Georgia, all of a sudden, Florida gets back in the conversation. And, of course, you know, oh, for the, the rivalry East, game. For the East. In the East, yeah. And then in the Iron Bowl, you know, the, the rivalry game between Auburn and Alabama. So if Auburn were to somehow beat Alabama. But it's in. It's, it's again, in is that game in? Yes, that, that would be in Auburn. Yeah, so they get him home this you year. You want to talk about. You want to talk about mayhem and chaos. <laughs> because they would end up beating they would end up beating the SEC East champion, right? They would end up beating the Pac twelve champion. Right. And they would end up beating so, a top five Alabama. Absolutely. So all of a sudden I think Auburn it has its own destiny and has In a way in, in a, a way, way, yeah, in, in a way. It has the opportunity to shatter some uh, some some teams' hopes as well. So it's going to be very interesting. What about – here's the interesting one. Here's what I want to talk about real quick. Oregon runs the table. 10-0 in conference with that one oh, gut-wrenching loss to Auburn, right? And then right. you got Minnesota 
who, who beat Penn State, and if they some way somehow beat Ohio State, they, they got to be in, right? Yeah, they got to be in because you would be a Big Ten champion and you would beat Ohio State. So obviously that would, you know, outweigh everything. And 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 to talk and to piggyback on your ducks out there in the, in the West in the uh, Pac-12, yeah, is if they ran the table right, and then as suspected, if if Auburn beats Georgia this week and and they somehow beat Alabama, Oregon would probably get in because they say the only team we lost to was uh, was Auburn. So I mean, then the committee has a lot of decisions to make. That's so, yeah, yeah. Auburn, be- re- Auburn really, Auburn really can grease the wheels on this one, man. Because I really exactly. don't know if two SEC teams can sneak in if if Auburn can pull that stuff off. It's we know the SEC is the best conference. They always have the best recruiting classes. We 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 know on paper that they're the best. Luckily, from what I heard and from what people are saying, is in the next three to four years we're going to go to the eight. Right, we're going go to we're gonna go to eight where the, where you get the conference champions and then. They'll probably do one non-power five and then two wild cards, right? So, and this is the reason why they have to they have to expand. You know, teams like you know Oklahoma, teams like Oregon, they're always going to be left out because of the whole recency bias because of the SEC. But what does or, an undefeated or, Baylor get in? Uh, it would be tough. They would have to beat um, Oklahoma, obviously, and they would need help. So they would need help. They would need a lot of chaos. They, they probably have to beat Oklahoma sensitive. twice. Right. So it, it, it would be tough. Man, oh, man. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Minnesota. I'm a big P.J. Fleck guy. I've been a fan of his ever since he was at Central yeah, Michigan. Yeah, Minnesota holds their own destiny. The, the, the team, I think, uh, that doesn't need anything. All they got to do is just win their game. Clemson. Is, is Minnesota because they don't need help. All they got to do is run, win out, and then they beat Ohio State, and they're in. Well, Clemson, too. Clemson just has to so. cruise. Yeah, Clemson, I, I think with them is obviously they haven't played everybody, and that's the thing with them in, in Alabama, strength of schedule. But the thing with Clemson is, uh, of course, they're, they're the undefeated champions, and they haven't lost. And so – if they continue within this trajectory, I think that they should get it. Madness, madness, man! I think the bet there was a the bet was I think two to one or something. If Alabama and Clemson was going to be a rematch, and a lot of people thought it was going to be another rematch, so the the betting books made a lot of money on that because it's looking like Bama and Clemson will not happen. My opinion. To me, right now, LSU is the best team in the country. So, if I had to put my money on national champion, yeah, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady, I think I'd have my money on them. Gosh, we need eight because I feel like Alabama is better than Oregon, and I feel like Alabama would run Baylor off of the off the map. They would, but yeah, they definitely would. Sebi, can we switch it over? I know it's the off season. For Major League Baseball, but there is uh, some headlines involving the Houston Astros, and this hits a little home to me because the Astros played my Houston Dodgers, my my Los Angeles Dodgers rather, in the 2017 World Series. The same year, they're accused of banging a trash can and using a camera in center field to decode to decode signs, uh, to basically tip the pitches off to the hitters. Knowing when off speeds are coming by banging on the drum on the on the trash can, Sebi, this is just crazy technology. I'm all for sign stealing if it's like part of the game. There's a runner on second, 
You know, that's that's always been there, right? You always should. To put a camera in center field and then the time. I don't know if you've seen the video from John Boy. The time. Hold on. The time. The time it takes, Sebi. To relay that, it's it's millisecond. It's crazy how fast they do it, and uh, it's just it's terrible. It's uh, uh there's gonna be no punishments because it's Major League Baseball, but now we have three managers, Beltron, Cora, and Hinch, who are all involved in this sign stealing scandal. It's gonna be interesting. It's not like they're gonna give the Dodgers the championship. You Darvish is broken because of this. You Darvish has never been the same ever since the shellacking he got from the Ashes. Because he probably was tipping his pitches all kind of crazy, so all bad. It's uh, it'll probably blow away, but look, there's evidence of all the players doing it in 2017. You have the Yankees complaining about whistling, and then you have AJ Hinch being a pompous dick uh, about about the whole thing, de- denying it and saying if that bothers the Yankees, we should have practiced in spring training. They uh, they they're doing some shady stuff, and then you got that general manager who was talking shit. Uh, to female reporters about Osuna. So I don't know what's going to go on. Nolan Ryan just left. So maybe he's getting out before the fire comes and swallows up the Astros. But, Sebi, I don't even know if they do post-game bans, post-season bans. I don't know what, what they're going to – they can't take – they're not going to take any scholarships. They're not going to limit salary cap. What are they really going to do? How mad are the other owners in baseball? What are they going to what, – what, what is going to be the conclusion here? Because uh, I hope there's something, but it's Major League Baseball. They'll probably let it slide. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, um, for sure. I was actually uh, uh, in Houston, Game 7 of the World Series. Uh, wow. And, and what a sight to see out there in Minute Maid Park. I've never seen any series that <laughs> the road team has won all seven games. It, it's, that's it's never crazy. happened. That's nuts. That's that's nuts. Um, and, and the storyline, the Nationals uh, earning their first ever World Series uh, I, I just thought they were toughness personified, being down, especially uh, in the Dodgers series. Being yeah, uh, obviously yeah. they swept the, the the Cardinals, but being down multiple times against the, the Astros was huge. But this uh, accusation all of a sudden has overshadowed that. Right, you know, this was supposed to be the off season where the national would Nationals would get uh, their glorified parade, and all of a sudden all these new accusations came out. And, and it's just taking over uh, uh, baseball. And so Bud Sealing and the commissioners really have their hands full on this one for sure. Yeah, Rob, Bob, Rob Manfred um, has really got to do something. It's, it's the Nationals were changing their signs like every game. Like they were they were tipped off by this, so they knew ahead of time. So pretty pretty crazy stuff. Sebi, Sebi, before we go, I want to talk some boxing. We got to talk about the YouTube fight. This was YouTube's. Mayweather versus McGregor. It was KSI versus Logan Paul. Did I watch it? Of course I did. I, I'll watch. I'll watch anybody. Fight. I just enjoy fighting. I enjoy boxing. I enjoy my, even if it's two amateurs going at it. Look, let's keep it real. They're not really going to hurt each other, right? Because they don't really know how to professionally punch, right? They're going to punch like they they're, they're fighting in the street. So you don't really have to worry about like a crazy knockout or these guys getting hurt. I'll watch. I'll watch. If two guys have a problem, I'll watch two celebrities box. I don't mind it. It's whatever. It, it, it gets more spotlight to, to some real deal fighters and to the people who are really mad at it. I will admit, I was a little butthurt in the beginning, but I'm an old school kind of guy when it comes to boxing. But I opened up to it and it was a good show and the internet loved it and maybe they reach new audiences. I'm all for it. If, if it leads to Devin Haney getting more millions, I'm here, I'm here for it. If it helps the sport, 
I don't know how it will. Maybe on that show, you gotta like have a meme knockout. Like you gotta just knock somebody out dead because they're not gonna care if you were a beautiful technician in the ring for 12 rounds, right? Those That, that audience was like, let me just see something out. Like it's gonna be crazy. But all in all, good event, good for DAZN, all that, and then some. I don't know if you watched it, Sebi. I don't know if you care. I didn't. I didn't, actually. <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss much. You missed six rounds of amateur boxing, and uh, it is what it is. That's all I got to say, and I'm all here for more YouTube fights. CM Punk versus Logan Paul, why not? And uh, put it on DAZN because there's a – that seems to be what that – DAZN is just going for it. But that's all I got to say about that. That's my closing remarks. Sebi, before we go – where can they find you? Where can they listen to you? Absolutely. They can find us in all streaming social media platforms. Of course, we post daily on our content on Twitter and Instagram, of course. And, of course, they can find us our segments, Spotify and iTunes on our radio show every Monday and Tuesday, led by myself and Michael Gray. 